Welcome back to the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. This week we have the return of the best spoken man in podcasting, um, whose Mega City Book Club is going from strength to strength with guests such as Garth Ennis, John Wagner, Jerry Finley Day, and many more recently, amongst many enthusiastic readers as well. It's um, it's a must listen. It's only Eamon Clark. How you doing, man? You right? All right, Tony. How you doing? <laughs> it's because we were just discussing EastEnders meets Doctor Who, isn't it? You got carried away there, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me back. That's great to have you, man. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, we're doing a morning of recording this today, aren't we? So we're doing this one, and then we're doing one for you, which is going out we're later doing in the year. Mega, a Mega City Book Club will be out later in the year about um, the Light and Darkness War by Cam Kennedy and Tom Veach. Because you've been looking for someone, and I've been sitting on my hands around that because I thought I don't want to monopolize going on. So it would have been like my fourth appearance or something on there, I think, wouldn't it? And uh, I don't want to monopolise going on there. And you keep saying it. I keep hearing you saying, would nobody's put their hand up for that one yet? And I thought, oh, I love that book. I absolutely love it. So, yeah, listen yeah. to that one. Feel good. Okay. Now, we've I've got you on. I've suggested one to you. Now, I'm guessing you're a fan of this area of TV comics and um, audio plays, as it turns out. Um, it's But this is, in a weird way, it's something old, but also something topical. Did you want to tell the listeners what we're going to be talking about, dude? We, today, Tony, yeah. we are going to be talking about Doctor Who comics, but we're particularly going to focus on a story called Doctor Who and the Star Beast, first published in Doctor Who Weekly in 1980, I believe. Yeah, and it ran for, is it eight parts, I think I've got written it's, down here? Yeah, <laughs> an eight part, and I think... Was it still weekly at that point before yeah. it turned into Doctor Who Monthly? But anyway, yes, eight-part story uh, written by Pat Mills, um, Brackets, and John Wagner, although I don't think John Wagner we will talk about their writing partnership in a minute. Yeah, definitely. And then Art and Letters by Dave Gibbons, originally in black and white, although it's later coloured for American purposes. It appears to have been coloured a couple of times, doesn't it? Because later on we got... Um, um, we got the Marvel put it into their Marvel premiere um, and then it span out as a lot of comics did from Marvel premiere. It span out into its own Baxter comic series, which was colored once then, but in the, I've got in front of me, the IDW version, which appears to have been recolored. I'm going to say, um, what, what version have you got there, dude? So I've been looking at the IDW version, but I've also got the Marvel premiere stuff. Hmm. Um, I couldn't find the black and white ones, although they're in a box here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know the uh, yeah. uh, Andy Yankus recolored uh, it for the Marvel for the Marvel Doctor Who strip, I think, or Doctor Who comic, I think. Right. And then, what's the name of the chap who recolors stuff for IDW? Charlie. I'm just looking now, um, and I can't. See. Oh, Charlie Kirchhoff. Charlie Kirchhoff. And yeah. I'm going to say that I I think. Um, you know, you can see why John Higgins was such a great choice to colour Dave Gibbons on Watchmen because yeah. um, these strips originally done in black and white and perhaps, you know, not intended to be in colour. Both both sort of colouring jobs are a bit not quite right, it seems to me, with Dave Gibbons' art, but we'll perhaps talk about that as we go along. Yeah, I feel the same, man. Even though when they drew it, when, when they drew and wrote it and they designed it, it was designed as clever as Des always was at the time to... Um to transfer to the American market, because they, they laid it out in that way, didn't they, I think? Um, yeah, they did. I mean, they, as you say, Des Skin and Dave Gibbons, both smart cookies, yeah. and they deliberately laid it out in a format that could be easily scaled up or scaled down to a Marvel comic. And then they did, they where they had, like, next week captions yes. and things like that, they had the art underneath it, so the captions could just, like, be literally peeled off and then they could just stitch it together for marvel yeah and it's very noticeable now that he says it i'm looking at it thinking oh i see yeah i get you and it works well um now we've uh, extra to this episode as well we've very been we've been very kindly forwarded um by pat the star beast chapter of page turners um star beast and um his doctor who stuff that he did so we'll be referring to that as well which is a big shout out to pat there for that now Mrs. Higgins, there are aliens at the bottom of your, your garden. So I thought we'd open by talking a bit about um, your... I didn't realise quite... You hinted at being in the lift at something a minute ago, and I didn't quite realise how much of a... Oh, is Whovian a thing? I don't know. Is that a thing we say? Whovian's a thing, or certainly that used to be a word for Doctor Who fans. Is, is it, I always wonder if it's a bit like Trekkie, you know, and they say, oh, no, we're not that anymore, or sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. But, yeah, you are quite a big 
Who fan are you? I'm a big Doctor Who fan, Tony. I wouldn't say, I'm going to state quite quickly that I'm not a Doctor Who expert. Yeah. Um, I Me can too. easily get, you know, mixed up on various bits and pieces. But yeah, I've always been a Doctor Who fan. Um, you know, as regular listeners now, I grew up in the 70s. And so for me, it was John Pertwee. I was going to um, ask, yeah, that was going to be. I was going to say, so who would have been the companion with Pertwee when you started? Or you most mem- most remember it, you know? I remember Joe Grant. Okay. Um, yeah. Katie Manning. And uh, I remember, obviously, Sarah Jane Smith, yeah. uh, who then, of course, transfers over to the fourth Doctor, played by Tom Baker. And I particularly remember... Um, because you get those you get those moments of television that you see as a kid that yeah. sort of scare the bejesus out of you. Yeah, and you know certain people will know perhaps what I'm going to talk about, but the the autons, the shop window plastic dummies, come into life in a high street shop window and then breaking through the window yeah. to terrorise a group of people waiting at the bus stop. That I found utterly terrifying as a child, <laughs> and and also. A particular John Pertwee, third Doctor sort of villain, the Sea Devils, the Sea Devils yeah. walking out of the sea, um, you know, which we later find out, of course, as these poor stuntmen inside these terrible rubber costumes who are almost half drowning to do this um, <laughs> as the suits fill up with water. But anyway, yeah, the Sea Devils walking silently out of the sea. Um, those are the sort of like the moments I remember that just like absolutely scared the what's-its out of me. Um, yeah, Doctor Who, so the third Doctor, the fourth Doctor, and then, of course, particularly since the revival in 2005, I've been a big fan and I've watched you are. it all okay. since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to say Pertwee too, actually. And you're right about those those moments that we remember. And I'm I'm in the middle of doing what I'm calling a Tomathon, where I'm watching all of the Tom Bakers. Um, mostly inspired by reading this comic to be fair i just got you know we get grabbed by certain things don't we we're easily led as comic fans aren't we and we uh we just dive into something for ages don't we and then move on but um yeah i'm doing that and i have to but i have to say my first memory of doctor who i've got friends who of my age who claim that the green death is their first thing because that was another one of those very right. striking scary things wasn't it like you say like the, the giant maggots yeah yeah, and I think those things are not another one slightly off t- subject, but another BBC serial. The other one was the Survivors, where there's the bloke with rabies. I remember that very distinctly. You know, you, yeah, you know, memory is sharpened by you know sharp emotions, isn't it? You know, and fright's a big one, I think. But yeah, my my first memory of Doctor Who is um, the spiders jumping on people's backs in Planet of yes. the Spiders in the last yeah Pertwee. Yeah, um, who I liked. I read um, I read his book recently, his autobiography, John Pertwee. Um, read it oh, a couple right. of weeks ago. Um, a weird, weird turn of turn of events that w- me and my family never realised is we may be related to him, which I'll tell I'll bore you with later. But so there's a reference in I think chapter three about a relative of ours. So yeah, it's quite an interesting one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> Wurzel Gummidge. Yeah, yeah. Why is his son not Doctor Who? That's what I'd also like to ask. I Why know. Is, he'd be I great. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Pertwee. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think Tom really. I've got that sort of vague memory of John Pertwee, but then it, when it was on to Tom, and um, watching stuff like Genesis, the Daleks, and the Seeds of Doom, and uh, you know, um, was it the Loch Ness Monster? If you read Target books, but it's uh, Terror of the Zygons. If you watch the TV series, stuff like that really, like you say, like the shot front dummies, really brings there's, it back. There's know. the arc in space where they're getting taken over by some terrible. <laughs> yeah plant monster and of course uh, you've probably have you got to that on your tomathon yeah i've done that one yeah so yeah. you've seen the sort of bubble wrap monster which, yes um in hd think, you know i think <laughs> yeah. i think that's the problem i think that's the problem we watch them now in hd yeah and we forget how crappy our televisions were in the 1970s and how when this appeared very briefly on screen at the end of an episode you're like bloody hell that's terrifying yeah yeah and now you look at it and it's like oh it's bubble wrap <laughs> yeah no they yeah and i watched that on brit box or something i think which is all sort of quite hd and i'm thinking oh i'm going with it i'm going with it man do you yeah. know what i mean yeah i know what you mean the i was watching horror of fang rock this morning and we we're talking a bit off mic about it and um the sort of green balloon that moves slowly up the stairs is the villain in that one you know yeah but i went with it utterly terrifying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any favourite companions? Who would you say is your sort of go-to companion? Because that's an, also something that that is um, groundbreaking in this comic, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. You know, so uh, Sarah Jane Smith was um, the companion that we were all sort of 
you know, if you had a girlfriend who went to another school, you wouldn't know her, Tony. Um, <laughs> it was Sarah. Yeah. It was going to be Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah. Of course, Louise Jameson comes along as Leela later on for sort of like to get all the dads on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, for all of us, like, you know, oh, that's very interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting <laughs> costume. Um, yeah, Sarah Jane Smith. I like Joe Grant, uh, Katie Manning playing Joe Grant. Yep. Um, and then I she was sort of them... heavily patronized at all times, wasn't he? I think he almost like designed the word mansplaining, didn't he? I think in a certain <laughs> point, the third that, doctor, yes. <laughs> why didn't you go and put the kettle on, Katie? You know, or, or Joe? It's a bit like that, wasn't it? I can imagine, yeah, yeah. Well, it's always been the function of the doctor's companion is to say what's going on, doctor, so that the doctor can explain yeah. to the audience what's happening. And Joe Grant was great at that, wasn't she? Like, you know, um, and yes, a real. And Real still, early 70s fashion stuff. plate. Oh, yes. totally, man. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, I mean, I, I've got, was she in the movie Eskimo Nell? I've got a, a feeling she had sort of brief foray into sort of saucy comedies in the UK as well, I think, as well. But um, she's now doing that Irish Wild Time thing. Um, yes. A big finish. A big finish. Good fun. I met her at a, um, I met her at a screening. My, my best friend from school, Dave, now does special effects on Doctor Who. So we, I got blagged it with him to go to the screening and afterwards got to chat to her. And um, she was, uh, she was there, and it was. We'd watched the screening of the Daleks. Now, if you know anything about Katie Manning, I'm sure you may know this fact or not. But um, she she has an affinity. She has quite a, quite a, a friendship with Daleks. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the pictures you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're all Doctor Who fans. Know those pictures? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, and she was. I was chatting to her afterwards. I said, and she was saying, "Out." I said, "Oh, it must be great coming to these screens. How do you feel about the new series?" And she says. She says, I love the Daleks. And she looked at me, and in my eyes, she knew that I realised, and I knew that she realised that I realised. And we had that just split-second moment where we both smiled at each other, and then we continued on with another conversation. And it, to be fair, it was the funniest thing ever. And uh, I felt an elbow from my mate Dave in my ribs saying, yep, we, that just happened. <laughs> but no, because we're British, nothing was said, and we moved on. Yeah, Very good. Yeah, just well brilliant. Done. Yeah, yeah. God bless her. She was marvellous as well. The nicest, the nicest of people. I think like Liza Minnelli's best friend or something. You know. Oh really? Oh, strangely, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really interesting character. Right. Good. Okay. So that's the TV bit. We will refer back, I'm sure, to the TV bits as we go along. But I don't think, even though this is a comics podcast, I don't think we could have talked about it without mentioning the TV series. Um, now, the comics is something I've listened to you talk about on your other podcast, haven't you? You've talked about um, the history of Doctor Who comics. Not all brilliant, you know. Some of them sort of redrawn faces and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so, yeah, yeah. So if we if we talk about Doctor Who comics, and it, I mean if we bring in the big Finnish audios as well, the yes. Doctor has probably had more adventures in comics and on audio than he's had on or they've had on screen. Yeah, I think Tom's um, on record now by saying he's Tom Baker on record by saying he's done more big Finnish audios than he did Doctor Who on TV. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the comics start. Um, you're quite right. British Invaders, my other podcast. Yeah, did, we did a couple of episodes about great Doctor stuff, Who man. Comics. I to this week, really good. Oh, yeah, good, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and it, they go back to 1964, the year after the show starts. Yeah. Uh, and there was a there's a comic called TV Comic, which did exactly what the name suggested. It just did comic strips of popular TV shows, and so they started a Doctor Who strip in 1964 in that with the first Doctor, William Hartnell. And he had two new grandchildren in that one. He had oh, a, that's a, right. yeah. John and Gillian, the sort of never mentioned since grandchildren of the Doctor. Um, <laughs> and basically it's carried on in various titles. You know, the Doctor Who comics have jumped from title to title over the years. But there's been Doctor Who comics about all the Doctors, basically, and so many adventures, and some of them have really, you know, like like if we talk about um, Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor, who only gets the, the TV um, movie, yeah. yeah, only gets the one TV movie, but he's had a career as the Doctor in comics and on audio that's been huge compared yeah. to that single TV movie. And interestingly, he's been written in audio for Big Finish by Pat Mills. Yes, which is yes. And uh, which are crackers with Sheridan Smith as his companion, and they're good. They're great, man. Really good. Yeah, I, 
just you know paul mcgann as the eighth doctor sheridan smith playing his companion on audio written by pat mills yeah it's like <laughs> sign us up yeah definitely yeah absolutely yeah and it's a sort of the one in london in sort of victorian london is just it screams that hinchcliffe period you know it really does right. feel it yeah really good um yeah so i'm gonna make a big case in a minute about how good i think this comic is but how did you get to doctor who weekly was it something you were buying at the time or i mean without being rude you were what teens older. yeah slightly older than me aren't you so teens i'm guessing when it came out yeah so i got this is where it gets embarrassing tony because this is in <laughs> this is in one of my gap years ah right this is 1980 and i'm going off to medical school and therefore, I'm thinking myself all serious and grown up and proper like, and I don't read comics anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm having one of my gap years away from comics when this is coming out. Yeah. So actually, I didn't get Doctor Who Weekly when it launched. Uh, and I didn't read these stories at the time. I went back and got them afterwards because people would say, oh, yeah, Pat and John did these stories with oh, Dave okay. Gibbons and they were yeah. great. Um yeah, so it's basically that. I missed them at the time. And, of course, Doctor Who Weekly and Des Skin and Marvel UK. And Warrior and, you know, it was really your wheelhouse, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Warrior's, of course, what gets me back. Warrior's yeah. when I go into that news agent in Leicester um, yeah. and pick up Warrior and think, you know, which we've talked about on this show, the first issue of Warrior, and you're like, bloody hell. You know? Yeah, absolutely groundbreaking. The American listeners probably don't realise what a bombshell on British comics that was, you know. Yeah really was yeah but this came slightly before then didn't it des had Here done are, house, des. Of, house of hammer before this and then he moved on to this i think hadn't he yes uh and i think you've talked about house of hammer yeah and brian lewis's artwork yes, on this with, podcast um, uh who did i do it with jason jason Gunn. right yeah 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 um and that you know those are great things i'm actually i've got a couple of those in the other room next to the bed because they've got articles about Quatermass in them, yes. and I've been doing some reading about Quatermass. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so he's done. He's done. Deskin has done that, and then he thinks he, because again, as we've said, Deskin is smart. He sees a gap in the market. He thinks, oh, we could do Doctor Who, and we could yeah. fill the magazine not just with comic strips, but also with pictures and you know production images and articles about the show and stuff like that. Um, and we could turn it into a, a weekly comic, and that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. And he um, he was he, he talks a, li- a lot about this on the um, is it stripped for action, which is the um, documentary you put my way, yes. which I think appeared on a couple of DVD releases, didn't it? In sections, and he talks a bit about that on that on that one. I'm gonna say I've read quite a few, watched quite a few videos, but he basically came off the back of making things about like House of Hammer. And he, he said, well, why isn't there a Doctor Who comic? You know, Tom Baker is, I think, one of the series, I think prior to Tom taking over, Web Planet, Planet was the most popular episode ever, or the most popular story ever, which seems like a weird one, because I don't know if you've seen Web Planet. It's quite dull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God, I stopped myself yawning as another sort of pantomime horse of an ant comes on. But the yeah. um, Tom was, like, the most popular at that point. And, and he was saying, well, why isn't there one? So he got together with Dave, who he was already good friends with. I think he'd been Dave's best man at that point. Um, and they put together um, a dummy version of it. Um, and it included all sorts of things. So they would nick images out of other magazines just to fill up a magazine to show this is what we could do with it. Mm. Um, and I think they also used... I think the Mekon was in it for some reason. Oh, right. Off the top of my head, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he went to Marvel UK and said, look, this is what they do, and they went with it. And issue one had a 200,000 print run, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially these days. <laughs> these days, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, heard of, yeah. Yeah, and it was kind of, to me, uh, I think I got bought it by a parent, I think is where it came to me. I was at boarding school, and I think it was Exiat or something like that, and I got bought it in the car for the drive home, you know, from, from, univers- from um, boarding school. And um, it was kind of the first sophisticated doctor. We'd had the annuals, I suppose, was the only precursor to that, wasn't it? Um, yeah. We'd, we'd had the sort of 
throughout i think pretty much the history some had had comic strips in some had had illustrated stories in some would have puzzles but this was the first first focus thing so people it had a number of comic strips in it but it also had articles on doctor Who, which we were all like super hungry for weren't we really because we oh, loved absolutely. the series yeah. yeah um and very cleverly des got pat and john wagner on board with dave gibbons on the art who dave does an awful lot of art on this you know there's a um there's a um the dave gibbons collection from idw runs to uh i think it's almost 400 pages of comics right. it's pretty impressive you know mm. and it's because <laughs> i've also been reading dave gibbons confabulations oh, so good isn't it and it good uh, yeah yeah it is great and of course he talks about this period with des skin um because by this stage i mean talking about smart cookies because we know dave gibbons yeah. is yeah he really knows what he's always known what he's doing um in fact, I mean, interesting a, quick story just to interrupt. This I think this is Dave's version. I think this is Dave's book because um, I went to a. I used to buy a shop at a comic shop, which was Dave's local comic shop. And Dave used to take in. He used to get maybe four of one thing, two of another, you know. And he used to go and swap his comp copies for store credit. If you see what I mean. Right. And the, and the owner of the shop would give all the sort of big regular customers a present at Christmas, and I got this. So I think this may be Dave's copy. Ooh, which is quite cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, man. Yeah. No, it's all right. I mean, yeah. I, because I mean, obviously, Des, as we said, Des and Dave Gibbons talk about making the art ready for Marvel reprints in America. Yes, yeah. um, but also, Des says to Dave Gibbons, "Well, Paul Neary can uh, pencil it, and you can ink it, or, or vice versa." And as ever, Dave Gibbons has always sort of wanted. No, I'll I'll draw it and letter it, and I'll get the two checks. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, well, he's always been very sensible about that. Yeah. And then also, of course, in his autobiography, and of course, you get we do get slightly different versions of this. But Dave said that Des started going through panel by panel with him and saying, "Well, you could change this, do this." And Dave basically said, "No, Des, I know what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks very much. But unless you want me to completely redraw the whole strip, I'm it's you know, I know what I'm doing, it's fine. And of course, you know, we know Dave, we've met him, we've heard him talk many a time. Yeah. And he did know what he was doing, uh, clearly. Um and he was he was also, of course, he had Tom Baker as his artistic source, as it were. So, you know, very sort of recognizable character that he could draw. And uh yeah, I mean it looks great. The covers he did look great. Um would um, uh, I suppose we're jumping ahead of ourselves a bit here, but would you be able to give a little summary of what the... Because there's a few stories in this little run, and we're, we're concentrating on the Star Beast particularly um, because it's going to be one of the specials at the end of the year. Um, and we know that Pat and Dave have certainly been in contact with um, Bad Wolf Studios and stuff about it. But the would you mind just giving a little summary of what it's about, Eamon? Would you okay, so yeah. it's a Doctor Who story... Um, Pat Mills and John Wagner are in one of the writing partnerships, but actually the the way it worked out, the name that appears first is the one that wrote that particular yeah. script. Which so Pat know... explained to us in that letter, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, for example, Iron Legion, Mills and Wagner, so Pat wrote it. City of the Damned, Wagner and Mills, so John Wagner wrote it. Star Beast, Mills and Wagner, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we could go off on a tangent, which we won't, about that fascinating period when there was all these little writing partnerships going on, yeah. you know, uh, Wagner Mills, Wagner and Grant. But anyway, yeah. um, so Pat Mills writes it, Dave Gibbons draws it. The story is that an alien spaceship crash lands in the fictional northern town of Black Castle, which is, <laughs> you know, the fact it's a northern working class. It's very town. pat, isn't it? As well, it's yeah. very pat yeah. and relevant. Um, there's an alien creature um, who is known as Beep the Meep, <laughs> yeah. who is discovered in a garden shed by two teenagers called um, Sharon and Fudge. Great, and great characters, aren't they? We'll great, get onto them in great a bit. Stuff. Yeah, and um, replicated so well, I thought, in the audio plays by Big Finish. Yeah, so audio. So Big Finish um, did a, a series based on these comics because they loved them so much, and they get it so right. Especially Fudge, I think. To be fair, Fudge is just that right sort of nerd, but rebel kind of thing going on. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And and so we got this. Beat the Meep is this sort of furry, lovable-looking uh, alien creature that the teenagers are charmed by. And then you've got these other aliens, these sort of insectoid, weird-looking monsters who are hunting down this creature. And in the process, they come across 
fourth doctor tom baker at that time in the comics without a companion so traveling by himself although he's got k9 although i think k9 is on the fritz in this k9 yeah. is sort of Denise broken make a comment that he sounds his speech patterns sound like he sounds like leela or something at one point yes that right? that's yeah. right yeah but i think this would have been during the romana period it was on tv yeah right. on tv i'm gonna say yeah i think that's right yeah so basically you've got that you've got these two teenagers this working class northern town you've got this cute furry alien that they're trying to protect these insectoid um sort of mechanized sort of military aliens are hunting uh beep the meep and in the process are using the doctor to help get them to the beep the meep and then of course there's going to be a great twist uh along the way in um typical fashion yeah i think we can give it away well, the twist obviously is that Beep the Meep is not the cute, cuddly, um, lovable alien. Beep the Meep is a genocidal um, yeah. maniac. <laughs> uh, I, I think we learn has been his race has been corrupted by black sun radiation. That's right. There's yeah. there's a Doctor Who thing that is completely made up by the sounds of it, <laughs> um, and so they've turned into genocidal. Um, murderers who fluffballs yeah yeah yeah, fluffballs beep the meep is the worst of them and the alien the insectoid aliens who are hunting them of course are the good guys although they don't look or sound like the good guys and they do show they do have a slight tendency to just blow people away who get in their way plant bombs in the doctor's stomach at one point that's right there's a bomb in the doctor's stomach which i had to reread this morning just to check that they did pat remembered at the end of the story to take the bomb out (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, so it's all going to lead to sort of some very dramatic uh, situations, which the Doctor will manage as ever to get everybody out of, yeah. and it will all lead to a happy ending. And it will also lead to this character, Sharon, this teenager, this black teenager from yeah. a sort of working-class northern background, will become the Doctor's companion for a while in the comic strips, yeah. which is um A long time before remarkable. Martha. Yeah, a long yeah. time before we had Martha come along, who I also thought was fucking one of the best companions and should have lasted more than one season. <laughs> I've got to yes. But, uh, Treated badly. Yeah, I think so. The um, Also, there's a strange... Sharon's really good in this, but she they sort of age her. If you read, like, a year on in the comics... He, she grows up, doesn't she? She's involved in some kind of time thing, and she well, grows up. Strange one that I didn't figure that out. And that was after Pat and John had left, I think. I think it was Steve Moore was on it then. Yeah, I don't know if they felt, you know, uncomfortable with the Doctor traveling with a teenage schoolgirl, mm. and so they do a story called the Time Witch, and in that she gets time dilated, aged. I don't know. She gets Doctor yeah. Who technobabbled, so she grows up. But she remains his companion. And I know she does come back in... She gets referred to in comic strips later on um, for other Doctors, you know, as as a companion of the Doctor. And, of course, she, as you say, she's been now played in the Big Finish audios based on these stories by Pat and Dave. Yeah, must Um, be brilliant. I'm so pleased for them, you know. Um, Before we get on to my big big theory, the... So, Beep the Meep is... It's almost like it's almost become a catchphrase, Beep the Meep, isn't it? Uh, of Doctor Who fans and Doctor Who comics fans, I think. You yes. Know, it's a kind of, you know, you know, you know, if you say it at a convention, if you see what I mean. You're in the know. Yeah. And, um, but it's based on um, Pat's Abyssinian guinea pig, which he had when he was a kid. <laughs> it's cla- class. I love that. And uh, Pat even includes a mention in this um, chapter he sent us about how um, it, it, it died. Because he found out he, he was told at the time because he was feeling it too much lettuce, but he's since looked that up, and that's probably not true. Which is just, I just love these little sides by Pat, they're just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I also like, because obviously, you know, we're big fans of Pat, yeah. and we know that he and John had submitted script ideas to the TV series. Yes. And then, in fact, yeah. these, some of these stories that appeared in print were probably rejected ideas i mean the, yeah. we, if we briefly mentioned the iron legion which has like um a world where the roman empire has persisted and is now got robot legionary legionaries and, and genuinely um, some of dave's best work i think wonderful artwork yeah. 
But of course, you can get away with saying to Dave Gibbons, can you draw me a uh, robotic Roman army that's got (laughs) thousands? Whereas doing it on TV, you know they would have had to have had one guy come in to a room and say, oh, the others are all outside. (laughs) (laughs) There's only three costumes. Yes. (laughs) It's like famously the BBC only had four Daleks for about 20 years, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and yeah. Again, you know, talking about Beep the Meep, one of the things all Doctor Who fans know is about how in the original William Hartnell's, some of the Daleks are actually cardboard cutouts, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Pat, Pat, you know, uh, loves to reverse things. So he's, he quite rightly, this is a very Pat thing as well, he quite rightly looks at Doctor Who and says, well, it's a bit middle class and white. Yeah. Why don't we make it a bit more gritty, northern, working class, and have a yeah, yeah, and have a black companion? Um, And he also sees the thing. He says, "Well, there's this really cute, cuddly, fluffy alien. Everybody loves it. Everybody sort of like thinks it's wonderful. Why not make that be the bad guy?" Yeah, Um, and you know, it works perfectly. I think Pat Uh, says something about. I can't remember who said this to me, or he wrote it in email. Is is you know, politicians sometimes. handsome smiley people aren't they but you know some of the worst politicians in all in our time have been like good looking smiley blokes and they're oh, behind yeah. the backs planning like massive wars you yes. know it's like yeah. yeah and pat's very much on that i think which i like yeah yeah um speaking of beep there's you know you were mentioning earlier about you know there's episodes of doctor who we remember you know the the um the sea devils coming out of the sea and stuff like that the one abiding i think because i was of an age i think i was 11 or something when i read this the 11 or 12 the the moment where Beep the Meek seems to produce a gun from his tummy hole. Yes. I remember seeing, I remember that just sticking in my mind for ages. I don't know why. Where it's did that come villain, from? It's the big villain reveal in a way, isn't it? Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's had this gun concealed in this sort of weird pouch that <laughs> yeah. it's got. Oh, you know, because there's a little bit of the kangaroo in there as well, I yes. guess. Yeah, I guess. And, um, yeah, and suddenly produces a gun and starts shooting people and then telling Sharon, it's all right, they're not dead, they're just sleeping. It's a, it's a stun gun or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, and he yeah. keeps the BS up to the right to the end, doesn't he? Claiming, no, it's just someone who looks like me, it's my twin or something like it's that. He my tries twin every brother, yeah. thing to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting as well, you talk about that, giving it that gritty feel. Um, uh, Pat also told us that he's he was working on Grange Hill comic at the, at the time. I didn't realise he'd written Grange Hill comic. I mean, the amount of times we chatted, but the... Um, and that's got that feel about it too, that early Grange Hill stuff, which a lot of listeners won't remember, but was in its way also groundbreaking in how it dealt with certain specific subjects and stuff, you know. Yeah. And, of course, the fact that at this time in British comics, there is only Pat Mills, John Wagner and Alan Grant. <laughs> yeah, to sick to be, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 There's this chap called Alan Moore who's starting to appear, but, you know... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was mostly Pat and John, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, Pat. Pat uses the phrase which I liked, which is stereotypes always need challenging, which I think is a great question to ask yourself when writing a comic. I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and it's a real. You can see that that Pat would love that, and and quite right too. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and that he does it before, you know, the TV show ever did. Yeah, it won't be until two thousand and five onwards when we start to get. I suppose you could say Ace. Um, yeah, with the she's seventh a bit sort Doctor, of fake Street, wasn't she? Yes, she was Street. That's right. Um, but you know, then we get Rose in two thousand and five. Yeah, and you really get this idea of oh yeah, the Doctor's found a working class companion. And I think uh, it's Eccleston who says what somebody said to him, "Why do you sound northern?" And he said, "Because there's a north in space." Yes. <laughs> okay. Lot, lots of planets have a north. That's yes. it. That's it. Yeah, easily explained. Yeah, the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love, especially classic Who, I love it. I'm just mad about it and have been for years. But I was watching The Deadly Assassin the other day and it occurred to me by the end of about episode three that there are no women in this series. <laughs> yeah. literally no women in four episodes. Yeah. You think, okay. Isn't The Deadly yeah. Assassin when Mary Whitehouse particularly complained about yeah. this? The I knew there was a reason for it. Yes. <laughs> but she complains that the cliffhanger was he gets the drowned, doctor being he? drowned at the yeah. end of one episode, and then at the start of the next episode he's all right because of course you know it's Doctor Who, yeah, um, and that she particularly complained about that. <laughs> no, of all the things, there's all literally the, things. the villain is rotting flesh wandering around yes. in a hood. Yeah. She doesn't like the fact that he's. Has she not seen any television? You know, <laughs> the uh, 
Yeah, I watched Face of Evil the other day, and it just all the, the savages in that looked like blokes who'd just done a co-star thing on the the Sweeney or something. Right, and they'd probably just come back from the pub on a light and bitter, but and then they strapped these things on to make them themselves look like you know the the tribe of the Sever team. And I'm like, really? Okay, fair enough. BBC Studio off to the BBC bar afterward, lads. You know, it was a bit like that. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so Pat Pat's send us some stuff but there's also some stuff we read about and we watched about um dave as well now dave has said um he's been on record say he wasn't really a huge doctor who fan um, for him doctor who was william hartnell and he yes. hadn't watched the show um when he was asked to draw it um although he was drawing dan dare at the time so i'm guessing that was the 2008 dan dare you know yeah yeah i mean he that's right he he uh dave gibbons got less and less interested in doctor who with each successive doctor didn't he yeah he was a william hartnell chap and then like patrick trout and john pertwee tom baker he thought he was less impressed with each one in turn yeah and then of course we get to that famous story that um you and i have heard him tell at many a convention i can imagine about when he had to draw the fifth doctor peter davison and some of the problems that caused oh right i don't I might have heard this. Would you repeat it? I can't okay, so yeah, yeah. basically, as you say, Dave Gibbons does Doctor Who for quite a while before yeah. he gets um, basically you know, picked up by the Americans and goes over to Green Lantern Comics yeah. and draw the comics he'd already wanted to do. Yeah. And we know, you know, we know where that goes. Um, so he deals with the transition on the television from Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, to Peter Davison, the fifth doctor. He's drawing Peter Davison, and he said the problem was that Peter Davison had a sort of conventionally handsome face with no distinguishing features, whereas Tom <laughs> yeah. Baker yeah. has got the nose, the teeth, the hair, the double chin. He's got easy, you know, and you stick a scarf around him, and he's easily recognised when everybody says, oh, yeah, that's Tom Baker. Yeah. And apparently it was Peter Davison's agent who said, um, you're making my client look terrible in the comics. Oh, really? Okay. And um, so they sort of, and I think, is it Alan McKenzie was was sort of editor or sub-editor at the time, right. I think. Or, Alan, anyways, Alan McKenzie basically brokered a deal between... Uh, Doctor Who Monthly, as it was then, and the TV series. And the deal was that they got some studio time with Peter Davison to take lots of reference photos oh, because right. it wasn't quite, I mean, in those days, it wasn't as easy to have a library of images yeah. of the person you were trying to recreate. So they, they do this photo shoot with Peter Davison, basically, and Dave Gibbons goes along and they take loads of photos. Oh, wow. And Dave Gibbons was able to improve the likeness in the comics and presumably keep the uh, the agent happy. Right. <laughs> That's interesting. Because I know in the, the front of the IDW book, he says he didn't meet Tom till 2010. Yes. Which is cool. Yes, yeah. there's a picture of him with the uh, holding up the Iron Legion book with Tom and, right. Dave, and yeah. Dave's caption that says, uh, I think this is in Confabulations as well, Right, Dave's caption that says, here's me with Tom Baker, he had no idea who I was. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. Go out and get Confabulation if you haven't already, listeners. It's just brilliant. It's just, yeah. it's it's less an autobiography and more a sort of an art book with anecdotes. And if anyone's ever seen Dave talk, he gives great anecdotes, didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, the thing him and Pat talk about is the level of collaboration as well. And I think Des mentions this in one of the documentaries I worked, I watched as well. In that, it wasn't just a script; it was pictures, things cut out of newspapers. There's a face at the start of the Iron Legion, I think, of a, a the shopkeeper screaming, "They've they've arrived," or "They're here," or something, you know, in a close yeah. up. And that was, I think, was an actual photograph they'd found in the newspaper or stuff. So it was almost like an illustrated story by the time it got to the point of being drawn i think you know they talk very fondly of how much it, and i mean pat speaks very fondly as does dave in, in confabulation of pat but they i seem to i seem to think they they got on really well their 2000 ad work together was you know the robuster stuff was just incredibly good you know yeah as a pair there's, there's that shopkeeper's face and then of course in the star beast story there is mrs higgins the housewife <laughs> yeah <laughs> and mrs higgins who looks like hilda ogden from coronation street yeah and has a fag hanging out of her mouth and you know, the fourth doctor gets to say to her, there's aliens at the bottom of your garden, Mrs. Higgins. Yes. Um, and she has got that sort of, um, the Hilda Ogden hair done up in a sort of strange turban and the sort of floral <laughs> house coat apron um, thing. And Pat talked about that with Dave and saying, yeah, you know, we wanted, 
we wanted to do something from Coronation Street that, you know, that's what, to a certain extent, stereotypical housewives wore in those days. Yeah, and they had shopping trolleys, didn't they, and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. The tartan shopping trolley, the floral house coat, and the the weird hair turban that (laughs) kept your hair up while you were doing the housework. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, The other thing um, is worth talking about is... um, Dave's drawing in it and I mean it's it's superlative it really is but there's a couple of moments in it and I thought oh okay because he does actually admit that he, he got the le- he got the drawing of K9 slightly wrong he said he drew him too small or something I think a couple of times he said didn't he you know yeah I think he admitted he got the scale slightly wrong on K9 but I mean his his aliens his spaceships you know the the ship crashing on oh, um so good on Black Castle at the start, which I think was the image that you sort of WhatsApped to me and said, should we talk about this? Right, okay. Um, yeah, all of that stuff. The uh, the Wrath warriors, who are the alien sort of insectoid warriors that are chasing. Great, aren't they? They're great. They're fantastic. And the, when the tide turns and the Doctor begins to realise, Doctor and Fudge begin to realise that they're okay, one of my favourite images in all Doctor Who comics is them sitting around the table having biscuits and tea with them. Yeah. Just genius. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also that they get on a double decker bus. Oh, mate. If if I was on your podcast and you said what page would you want, it would be that one. Right. When they get on the bus. Or they're trying to get on the bus and you've got the, the bus conductor standing there looking at them going, What is going on here? Yeah. 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 Jasper Carrots on that bus. as well. If you read that bit. Yes, <laughs> apparently there's Jasper Carrots on the upper deck. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I think he had a bit where he'd go on about he doesn't like people sitting next to him on the bus. You know, yeah, classic British comedy. He had, a, he had <laughs> yeah. a classic bit about you know the, when when the nutter gets on the bus, does the nutter always sit next to you? And then, that's you know, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that now actually. The... That's another reference for the kids, Jasper Carrot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember his daughter's an actress, isn't she? Or as an aside, she's the lady who works on reception in the British office. And someone on oh right, okay. Said, oh yes, that's her, right. She is. Yes, what, and she what? plays. Oh, is it Dawn? Is that right? Is it she's Dawn? Dawn in the office, and she's Etta Candy in the first Wonder Woman movie. Oh right, okay. Because I remember yeah. someone said to her once, "Why, why isn't your surname Jas? Why isn't your surname Carrot?" And she says, "What makes you think that's a real name?" <laughs> yeah, which made me laugh once. The uh, yeah. So my um, oh, let's talk a little bit about the audio play before we go into this. So um, Star Beast is part of a big Finnish um, collection of stories they've done, the Iron Legion and Star Beast in there. There's some great interviews in there as well with the cast where Pat and Dave are discussed. Um, it's, I know you listened to it yesterday, didn't you? I was texting you yes, and you said you listened yeah. to it at the time, but you had listened to it before. Um, yeah. How does it compare, do you think? I think they do a great job. I know, because mm. we talked about this on British Invaders, I know mm. that with the script... You know, because you've got an eight-part comic strip, and that doesn't equate to the, what is it? How long do they want them to be? An hour and a half, two right. hours that they yeah, need to finish. There, yeah. yeah, so I know they had to do an awful lot of expanding of it and, and um, filling it out, as it were. But I know that they, as you say, they involved Pat and Dave Gibbons. They give them full credits. Hmm. They do this story. They did the Iron Legion story. You get somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You get somebody playing Sharon and Fudge, obviously. So they, you know, you actually get actors playing these companions, Um, and it's just great. You know, big finish again, a bit like comic books. You can really push out the special effects without having to worry too much about the budget. Yeah. and so it's great, you know. Yeah, I mean, big I really finish. enjoyed it. I, I love big finish. See, I can't put big finish on if I'm like sitting on the couch or going to, laying on the bed or something. I'll go to sleep. But if I'm in the car, that's when I've got to listen to these audio plays because you know they really make the time go. And that was a great one. Having Tom in it as well is just brilliant, isn't it? Having Tom talk the lines, so good. Yeah. And I mean, is Tom Baker in his nineties now? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was probably in his late eighties when he did those, and yet he still manages to sound exactly like it's nineteen seventy nine. It's tea time on a Saturday, and you know, yeah. here's Doctor Who, and he's st- <laughs> he just sounds like he is the Doctor, isn't he? Yeah, he really is, man. He is yeah. so good. I mean, he was he was the Doctor for seven years, so he's the, he was the Doctor for the longest. He is the Doctor. I was watching my missus the other day, and she's, you know, she she watches the new one with me because um, my bud Dave works on it and stuff. And she says, "No, still nobody's been as good as him." No, no. I think, I think and, you know, right. yeah. this was 
because of course Doctor Who Weekly is in part response to the huge Doctor Who mania that was happening in the late 1970s because of Tom Baker yeah and because of the stories that they were giving him as well you know the, the, the stories um the companions the other actors the, the monsters and everything but Doc, Tom Baker was like a phenomenon yeah. it's not until we get to dave tennant david tennant i was gonna say man yeah that we a... get close to that is it i was gonna say now um i actually, I actually have a theory around that and i think i've kind of had it pretty much confirmed recently but the reason i think they're bringing tenant back is because there's been a little slippage in interest i think you know it's inevitable a program that's on for so long and they want a bit of a lift of it and tenant um, was the most beloved of the new era. I think he's the Tom of the new era to me, almost. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, when David Tennant took over from Christopher Eccleston, the new Doctor Who just went up another level he and did. became yeah. a global phenomenon again. And, yes, I think you can see why yeah. they're bringing David Tennant back for these... I can't remember, is it three or four specials that we're going to get? Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. This this is definitely one of them. And I, as I understand it, it's been a little bit... It's going to have to have been, isn't it? It's been rewritten. Yes. Because um, Donna Noble's yeah. back in it, isn't she? So Yeah, Donna yeah. Noble's back, who actually is my favourite of the new companions. Oh, OK. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that we know... Because basically, as you say, if you say beat the meat to people, and, of course, when the trailers started appearing for the D david tennant specials that are appearing later this year i think yeah i think that's right yeah then all the doctor who fans started tweeting and whatsapping beep the meep there's beep the meep yeah that's exactly um, right it's become it'll become i hope it doesn't reach sort of pokemon levels of craziness if you see what i'm saying but yeah, yeah it's become a thing and i checked on ebay funny enough from what you were saying there i checked on ebay for these these issues and they're they're anything up to about 155 pounds at the moment Oh blimey! This, okay. so, <laughs> yeah, so you and I will let's sell ours and head to Marbella for a couple of weeks. We'll be fine. Yeah. And to keep referring back to previous episodes, if we sell our uh, Mighty World of Marvels with oh, what yeah. was it, the first appearance of Betsy Braddock? Yeah, um, yeah, we'll do all right. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, be millionaires. You'll yeah. be able to to tile your in and out driveway. That is what I've entitled this, this yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. So I've got high hopes for the Christmas special. Um, I like Tennant. I like Noble. I like the fact that they've gone. They've had to kind of. Russell T Davis has talked a bit about this, isn't he? He's had to go with this because it's it's a smaller scale thing, but it's it's a good Doctor Who story, isn't it? It's like I just watched, like I said, I watched the Horror of Fang Rock the last couple of days, and that's basically in four rooms. Yeah, yeah, but it holds yeah. your attention still. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. They've done it on Big Finish Audio, and now they're doing it on TV with David Tennant and Catherine Tate. And yeah, uh, yeah can't wait. Actually, can't wait. Very excited about it. Me too. And there is, you're quite right. You know, they've they've played smart. They've brought back David Tennant. Uh, they surprised everybody. You know, you wouldn't have thought you could still do surprises. Yeah. Because I think we were all expecting Jodie Whittaker to regenerate into Chuty Gatwa. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And that the David Tennant was going to be a sort of multi-doctor part story or something like, you know. A, a, yeah, um, like a five doctors kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But no, she regenerated into, spoilers, David Tennant, who is now the 10th and the 14th Doctors, and Chuchi yeah. Gatwell will be the 15th Doctor. Yeah. Um, so tremendously exciting. Beep the Meep is in the trailer. Uh, looks great. Um, we believe, well, you, you're, because you're friends with Pat, we know that Pat and Dave were treated well. Uh, treated let's well. That. Let's yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. With, the, with and, the respect they're due, they're due for that story, I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Well, one of the, I mean, one of the recurring themes of both Never Iron Anything and the Mega City Book Club is treating creators properly for the stuff yeah. they create, even if it's just was created for what was thought to be a throwaway medium that would just be like, you know, this will be eight weeks and then it's gone. It will yeah. be forgotten. But, you know, treat creators well. And uh, we're, we've, we've always been in favour of that. Yeah, everyone from, you you know, Jack Kirby through to Pat, through to people now, you know. Exactly. The, the thing is, you're, you're creating this story, you're coming up with stuff, and then big, big companies, you know, multinational companies are, are reaping billions out of it. And you got some dude who, you know, can't afford healthcare or something in you know i don't know san francisco or something and you and come on guys yeah 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 i agree man totally right which leads me to my drawing to um guest projects but before we finish i thought i'd say ask you this so 
I think this run is the greatest Doctor Who comics have ever been. Do you do, agree or disagree? Uh, I've never. I don't think I've ever read a Doctor Who comic that's better than this. I would. Hmm. I would just caveat and say that I'm a big fan of a story called Black Legacy, which is not a Doctor story. It's a Cyberman story okay. that appeared as a backup. And it's by, get this, Alan Moore and David Lloyd. Okay. Well, I was going to say the other one, the other one possible was also the Cyberman one by Mick McMahon, which the name has right. escaped me now. Um, Junkyard Demon. Yeah. Right. Yes, there you go. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Pat Mills and John Wagner writing, Dave Gibbons doing superlative Dave Gibbons art knowing exactly what he's doing at all times. Yeah, these, you know, this is the pinnacle of Doctor Who comics. Um, and it does, you know, particularly with Pat's stuff, it does interesting things yeah. that, you know... Progressive, you know, isn't says, it, in a way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat has ever been progressive. Um, I, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be down on John Wagner. I will say that the next episode is written by John Wagner and it's Space Truckers. And you think, oh, yes, John... <laughs> Back on back on teletext, space truck. <laughs> yeah. You love truckers and uh, and space lingo. I mean, there's werewolves, so you know that's yeah. Good. That is, and they look great. the uh, The other one I liked was um, is it Dragon's Claws? Yes, um, Dragon's which is Claw. which does have a reference in. I think it's one of the Eccleston stories where they have the Kung Fu monks. Yeah, at the start, which is a clear reference to that. I think. As soon as I saw it, I thought that's Dragon's Claws. That's the Dave Gibbons book. You know. Well, well, the interesting thing, of course, we know that Russell T. Davis, uh, who brought back Doctor Who in 2005 and is doing the specials you yeah. know, this year, we know he's a huge comic book fan, um, and we know that he's read these comics as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, we also know that he sort of is p at least partly responsible for saving Big Finish because, you know, when the BBC were bringing it back and they said, oh, we don't want any audio adventures coming out, and Russell T. Davis said, oh, no, Big Finish is safe. Leave oh, that's alone. good. Yeah, yes. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. These are probably this is absolutely the pinnacle of Doctor Who comics. Uh, Russell T. Davis is a big fan. We're big fans. Um, I'll just mention a couple of resources, if I may, Tony. Yeah, of course, you, man. Yeah, please do. You've mentioned briefly um, stripped for action, which was a series of videos that they included as extras on Doctor Who DVDs. Yeah. But you can go to, I think it's now, for some reason it's not on YouTube, but you can go to Vimeo and watch That's all right. of them. Yeah, you sent me the link, didn't you? That's right. Yes, yeah. and they do an episode for each Doctor and the comic strips um, that, you know, were done about that Doctor. And you've got, as you said, you've got interviews with Des Skin, with Dave Gibbons, with Alan Barnes, with um, Gary Russell, people like that. So that's great stuff. Strip fraction. Look for those. Yeah, that's good. It's really good, actually. Yeah, really impressive. Yeah. They grab all, all the right people in to do the interviews as well. Very, very impressive. Yeah. And there's a website called alteredvistas.co.uk, yes. which I think has stopped now, sadly. I don't think he's still updating it, but it's a complete oh, it's great. comic strip yeah. index of all the Doctor Who stories on there. And it's a great resource if you're just looking at it. And you just look at it and you say, oh, my goodness, there are so many Doctor Who comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, so, yeah. It, that's a really good site, which you also put me into. I have to say, if, you, um, if you've got a Spotify account, you can find a lot of the early Big Finish. This one isn't on there yet, but I think what they're, I'm guessing, what they're doing is they're putting some of the earlier stories, Big Finish, onto um onto Spotify so you can listen to them without having because the CDs can be a bit pricey right. um, to buy um, but there, there's a lot on there. there's also some Blake 7 on there and stuff like that as well and the earlier ones have a lot of actors who've sadly since passed away like um, Nicholas Courtney's on a couple for example yes. I love Nicholas yeah Courtney. the Brigadier yeah yeah. yeah. I was yeah. actually quite sad when they sort of left the series I quite liked them yeah yeah, yeah. I but, mean we, we do love all the old Doctor Who actors the ones that still yeah. turn up I mean your friend Katie Manning was in the um, the recent. Uh, she was in she was in the last story. Of, she was in Jodie Whittaker's last story, wasn't she? I that's think that's right. right. Tegan was in it, wasn't she as well? Yeah, and of course Pace, um, yeah. William Russell, who played Ian in the very first. Man, how old is he? Yes, I know. <laughs> I met him at a convention as well. He was delightful. <laughs> I met Paul Darrow at a convention once, and he said, "I said, oh, could right. you sign this CD for me?" And he went. Who do you want me to make it out to? And I went, me. And he went, no, I mean, should I just sign it Tom Baker? So if you want, Paul. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Tom, they, they do have big finished little cons, don't they, which they have some comic stuff at as well. And I know yes. I've, seen, I've met Tom at a couple of them. 
I met. I mean, we we figured out that we were probably before we knew each other, Tony. We were probably both at the same big finish day yes, where Tom Baker right. was there. Yeah, yeah. And um, Caroline Munro, another favourite <laughs> of this and, um, parish. A couple of the Babylon Five actresses. Claudia Christian was there, I think. I'm Claudia Christian yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the other lady. Yes. Yeah. Um, I bought Claudia Christian's terrible um, DVD, oh, Star Hike. Did you send me that? Oh, you sent me something uh, about that. I sent you some of that, yeah. <laughs> tried to get rid of it. Um, but yes, we met Tom Baker there. Yeah. Um, and uh, somehow he, I don't know why I was talking to him about, but he found out I was a doctor and, you know, he said, oh, you're you're the doctor. And I said, no, no, I'm a doctor. You are the, the do- doctor. Oh, Tom class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being... Wrote, then he wrote my name as Emma. So that's, that's right. right. That's right. Uh, brilliant. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. I met him once in the street. We sort of wand- we were in Maidstone working, and we're sitting in our cars waiting for something. And um, he sort of wandered through, and he and and bloke I'm with went, "Oh, this Tom Baker." So we just went out and said hello to him. I think he might have been a bit pissed. I'll be right. honest with you. God bless him. I wish I was. But there you go. Yeah. He also Tom Baker tells that lovely story. And I've heard him tell him a a couple of times, and I think it's probably true about the bloke who came up to him in the street and said, you're Tom Baker, you are the doctor. And he says, yes, that's right. And the bloke said that he was in a children's home. That's right. And that the only good thing, the only thing that made the week bearable was Saturday evening tea time when they all got to watch Doctor Who. And he said, you made it good. Yeah. And... Um, Tom Baker went goes to thank this guy, and the guy is obviously so emotional that he can't, you know. And it's a lovely story, yeah, yeah. Um, because they were, you know, it was a great moment and a great time in British TV. Oh, man, so good when Tom was the tea time Saturday tea time doctor, yeah, you know, yeah, can't yeah. beat it. Yeah, we used to rush back from rugby games and stuff to watch it in the boarding yeah. house, you know. Yes, the big thing. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and we didn't really have videotapes back then, did we? You would never find it again. Rarely did. No, that you'd them. never see it again. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you if you didn't get the comic, you wouldn't see it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. That was a great choice. Thanks. For, I, I'm I'm glad I found out that you were such a Hoovian. That uh, I don't think I quite realised, but that's that's great, man. As well, um, I wouldn't. I wasn't going to say you were a Patrick Troughton kid, but you know, who can say? <laughs> Not but, quite that old, but no. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, so let's talk about your project. So, um, Mega City Book Club's moving from strength to strength, man. I mean, you seem to be. I know I rib you about it, but at one point you were like almost weekly, weren't you, with it? Because I know you try to be sort of every other week, don't you? Yeah, it's normally fortnightly. Usually, usually what happens is at least once a year I get a glut of episodes, and then I go for a while. I might go weekly for a while just to get through them. Particularly if I've got sort of bonus episodes where say conrad and i are doing some films that we've been to see i might put that and i felt completely the same about you two about guardians i'm so right. glad i'd seen it that morning that i listened to uh, it right. and i thought they nailed it how i felt about it yeah absolutely yeah yeah so yeah we've done we've done that but yeah at the moment mega city book club comes out every other week and it is much like this podcast a guest chooses a book uh hopefully british comics related and we <laughs> yeah. uh we talk about it and uh share the love of the comic basically and as you say luckily recently i've had john wagner on i've had garth ennis on uh i managed to briefly interview interview jerry finley Day. yeah that was great man yeah, yeah you've had yeah. john on a couple of times it was two weeks running i think you had him on almost wasn't it? i got managed to get him on two weeks running because i yeah. spoke to him at the enniskillen comic fest in northern ireland which i managed and about to get the bogeyman to. i think wasn't it yeah, yeah that's yeah. right about the bogeyman kickstarter we had him the previous week at lawless um but yeah i mean at the moment the most recent episode is also from this parish, Richard Sheaf, the Don of British yes, Comics, the Don. Yeah. Uh, talking about the work of Frank Bellamy. And, oh, I'm uh, saving that for Tuesday. I'm really looking forward to that. He's right. the dude who knows about it. I once got led around an exhibition. I think it was Lawless by uh, the Don, telling me and Vince all about uh, the art. And it's like brilliant. Like, it's talk about a, a mine of information. Yeah. He really and is, then yeah. he is fantastic. So that's out at the moment. Then we've got more episodes coming up about Judge Dredd comics in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Um, we've got the Shimura Japanese judges comics coming up. Um, what else have I got coming up? Oh yeah, Sonic the comic. That's interesting. Oh, okay, do you know there's a lot of fans of that comic? I keep hearing the people <laughs> saying it's like a formative comic for them. You know, huge thing, Sonic the comic. Huge. Yeah. You know, not our generation, Tony. Yeah. Um, but somebody I met got to meet up with this chap Dan in a pub in Cambridge, and he told me all about Sonic the comic, <laughs> um, and that was fantastic. So that's coming up. Um, 
And we've got a chap called Damien who's done Garth Ennis's extremely dark, crossed comics, the sort of yes. post-apocalyptic. I'm a fan. I'm a fan right. because he goes there with it. I think there's more... He really in, goes for yeah, it, yeah. There's more in six issues of that than you get in, like, four trades of Walking Dead sometimes, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Garth's great. He's also, yeah. also a regular now. And I like the fact that Garth doesn't come on to talk about himself. He comes to talk on about comics he loves. Ain't that great? Yeah. So Garth Ennis obviously is a huge fan of battle and action and 2000 AD, uh, particularly battle. And he loves talking about battle stuff. And yeah, it, he does come on. He's been on twice now and he's going to come back next year Brilliant. and do a comic called The Sarge from also from battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're quite right. He doesn't really want to talk about his stuff. He wants to talk about battle and yeah. um, late 1970s British comics. And, of course, you know, you and I, we're all right with that. We're quite happy Man, with that. I'm yeah. more than happy with that. Yeah. I've, we, actually have a, we actually have a running gauge on the ACP. Is um, We have some guests on, and we gauge them about whether they talk about other comics as well. You know, right. That's one of our little things. Um, some people are just completely on transmit, aren't they? You know, yes. they need to receive a little bit sometimes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff, uh, man. Have you got any other projects? So we got uh, DUI three is on the bubble at the moment, isn't it? So it's almost yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's very close actually. Yeah. we're now. I mean, this is July. DUI three, the third issue of an anthology comic produced by the Awesome Comics Podcast uh, community uh, yeah. to raise money for charity. That will be out in August. Yeah. Um, and it will be on sale. And if you're listening to Never On Anything or uh, the awesome comic podcast you'll hear when it's out and you'll get all the links to dui dot sorry dui comic dot blo- um i'll start that again dui comic dot big dot com where you can buy issue two and issue three yep um so that'll be out soon that's got some lovely work in it um some great creators it's gone up by four pages again on the last one <laughs> Good. It keeps getting it keeps getting larger each time as we try to fit everything in. Yeah, because um, I know we're in a you, me, Vince, and Dan are in a little group talking about just putting the final touches to some lettering and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm yeah. guessing you're almost there, man. Yeah, yeah. almost there, very nearly there. Uh, DUI comic, and that's raising money this time for Mind, the mental yes. health charity. Very we good sort cause. Of voted. We had a little vote, didn't we, about which we charities? Did. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That's good for Creators me. voted for it. And there is a sort of mindfulness theme to yeah. at least some of the comics, um, which yes. is really nice. And it's very much, you know, it's a very much um, a comic about just the joy of creating stuff, yeah. you know, creativity. Yeah. Nobody's expression. getting paid. We're all doing Nobody's it just for the fun paid. of it. Yeah. yeah. The money will go to charity. Uh, so that will be out. Mega City Book Club continues. Big uh, British Invaders, the podcast about British television and science fiction continues. Yeah, good stuff, man. Every two weeks, we've just done an episode about the 70th anniversary of Quatermass on television. And uh, we'll also soon be talking about Thunderbirds at the movies, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah. That's Great all stuff, my other man. little projects at the moment. Good. Now that you're retired, you've got to keep yourself busy, haven't you? Got to keep yourself busy, yeah. And <laughs> uh, I'm hoping next year to, to get to a couple of sort of bucket list conventions. I'm hoping to get Ooh. to Angoulême. Oh, I was France. literally just talking to Chad from Amsterdam this morning about oh, he's going right. to be there. So, yeah, I'm hopefully going to be there. So it'll be lovely to see you there, man. Yeah, You'll get invited to the most that. riotous dinner ever. Lovely. Um, which is just, I'm still laughing about now, which me and Chad sat there. Me and this dude who writes a comic book about dealing drugs, you know, sat there amongst these French guys going, he kept saying, Tony, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. Like, it's just the greatest time. Yeah. What a place, man. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, totally. Right. You th- what so what other ones are you thinking of? Any other ones? Or? Uh, New York Comic Con I'm going to try to get to next year as okay. well, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to yeah. go to an American convention. If nothing else, uh, it's great to meet the creators and see the artwork. The rest is yeah. guff, man. You know, you'll you'll right. be fine with it. But the rest, the, to hold an eyes on the page, you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Excellent. Thanks for that, dude. I really appreciate that. That was a really fun one. I really like that. Um, Good. It sent me off in all kind of different directions, reading and watching. And I just I just bought the book on Target novels. Yeah. You see, today. we haven't even got to that. The novelizations of Doctor Who. Yeah. That's a thing. It's Audio a massive thing. Is a thing. Comics yeah. is a huge thing. Yeah. Recreations of the the missing episodes. I watched a documentary on that this week. You know the missing yeah. episode animations and stuff, yeah. and the, and the ones they used to do before the animations, where they would stitch together production photos with the audio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... Um, the fact that people were taking the backs off their parents' television to wire tape recorders yeah. into the audio to record. 
Doctor Who stories in the 1960s. You On two-inch tape and stuff like that, you know. So. What were you doing? <laughs> Saying that, I do have a couple of tapes of Superman the movie and a couple oh, of right. others, which you can just hear my parents rattling on in the background that I've kept for years, you know. Yeah. Agfa, you know, C90s or something, you know. It's, nice. uh, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. And, um, yeah, we'll speak soon. Okay, what about your stuff? Oh, me? Um, nah, usual stuff for me, man. You know, it's rattling on. We've got... Um, just had Dirty Basement 2 out. Uh, seems to have gone down quite well. So we quite like that. We'll probably... We just I met with Mr. Falp this week. So we're talking about doing a third one. So that's quite fun. Um, we got in um, Underground Comics Creators, the new sort of wave of them in the UK. And we did like a profit sharing scheme so that everyone got paid. Apart from me. Everyone got paid on that one. So that's quite fun. Um, uh, Hidden Lives 2. So the, or the third book from... Um, that series of comics I'm doing is written now. I'm about to send it out to the artists, so it's quite, I'm quite pleased about how that's come out. Um, and um, we're pitching to a mainstream comic this week or next week, so I'll tell you about that off tape. But uh, yeah, oh, lovely, quite interesting. Yeah, never on anything. dot com. Thank you, mate. Cheers. And where can there we you find go. you? Where can we find you online? Uh, megacitybookclub.com you'll find all the links there cool oh, so are you on that blue sky thing or anything like that yet you no you haven't sent me an invite yet oh, Tony. I don't get no, still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mr Social Media am I let's face it the, I'm uh, on threads are you on I'm that on are you threads yeah that's I thought that was that TV series about the nuclear destruction of London or whatever it was that's the the, the, the most scary movie you'll ever watch <laughs> isn't threads. it yeah, yeah, yeah the most terrifying thing you'll ever watch <laughs> Um, it should be forced viewing for now, all, now on Blu-ray. all politicians. Yeah. It should be. Yeah, it should yeah. be. God. Yeah. yeah, I remember that making me shit my pants as a kid. Because we'd have lessons at school, wouldn't we? How to make a bomb shelter in case a nuclear bomb goes off. And we're like, yeah. we're showing that on the television. I'm watching Survivors. I'm thinking, the world's going to shit. It's not going to end, no, end well. I know. Yeah. But yeah. it ended right. Good. All right, mate. And I'll speak Cheers, to you soon. Cheers, mate.